Hi, this is episode two of the Viva La Diva podcast. I'm your host, Laura J. Ingalls, and it's time to dare you to unconditionally love yourself. So anyone who takes even a quick glance at my social media will see that I'm a runner. There are bazillion pictures of me running, and it's a huge part of how I express my inner diva. So the timing to talk about how I became a runner, just it feels appropriate for today because last fall I had the opportunity to be the subject of a Reebok documentary, and that documentary is being released tomorrow. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Uh, but um, And I promise I'll put the link in the show notes as soon as it's official. But the documentary um, was that was Reebok. Um, they followed my ultra team and I for 36 hours as we ran the Reebok Ragnar Relay in Napa Valley. So for those of you who have never run a Ragnar Relay or have really no idea what all of these different running races are all about, here's how it works. You have around 200 miles of road to cover between one destination and the next. So in this case, it was um, Golden Gate Park in San Francisco and finishing in Napa Valley. And you have a team, typically you have a team of 12 individuals in But in our case, there was only six of us. So that means twice the work for everybody. But you have 12 individuals, and those individuals rotate um, legs on the relay while everybody else is piled into a couple of vans. And you sleep in the van, you eat in the van, you (laughs) stink up the van together, and one person's out running, and the other people are supporting that person, and... Um, you know, one person's driving, one person's doing directions, one person is on like snack and water duty and you, um, rotate people in and out of the van. We were running anywhere from like six mile legs to 19 mile legs at a time when we're doing this three times on almost no sleep, living out of a van for 36 hours. So, um, Reebok followed us. Can't wait for you to see this journey that we were on. And, uh, it was pretty spectacular. So obviously, I'm a runner, but it wasn't always that way. In fact, for most of my life, it was not that way. I didn't start running until I was 27 years old, and I didn't get into any kind of serious distance until I was 30. So why was that, Um, if running is now such a huge part of my life? Well, I always viewed running as punishment for other sports. And part of the reason that I felt that way about it was that's how it was presented to me. Um, When I was a kid and I was playing soccer and basketball and softball, anytime that we weren't behaving or performing well enough in our drills or missed a certain number of, you know, goals or free throws or whatever, we had to run laps. And I sucked at it. I was super slow compared to a lot of my teammates. I hated every single minute of having to run. I hated all of the running drills. And I just, I never felt like it was something that I was good at. And then, um, and, and I just assumed that I sucked at running. I didn't play any positions on the sports teams that I was on that required you to do a ton of running. So I just sort of avoided it 
at all costs. In fact, one time when I was in junior high, like that junior high age, I had my mom take me to the doctors to, because I was complaining about how hard it was to breathe while I was running. And I can tell you now that I am a runner, that I was not experiencing anything unusual other than just deconditioning. But I just kept pressing the doctor and pressing the doctor who had no idea because there was nothing wrong with my lungs. So she just sort of shrugged and suggested you know, oh, you must have exercise-induced asthma. But let me let me just reassure you, I do not have exercise-induced asthma. It, like, is that even a thing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it is. But even if it is, I don't have it. My problem was that no one ever taught me how to run. I mean, uh, all right, maybe like I also ate like crap because I was always on a diet and eating diet food and I didn't get enough sleep. I was, you know, stressed out teenager, but honestly, the bottom line, no one ever taught me how to run. Like, and what does that even mean? Like, don't you like don't you just run by putting one foot in front of the other? Like, yeah, you would think so. But, you know, when when I think about high school and my first experiences running, it was always like, oh, you had to run the mile in gym class or, you know, like I just was never exposed to this whole idea of doing what you can and working slowly over time to get better. And so I remember uh, many years later, so now I'm in my mid-20s, and I was working as an actress in the professional acting company at Walt Disney World. And I was in a comedic improv show there with some other fantastic, interesting, um, amazing actors and actresses. And my friend Sarah Lee, (laughs) I will never forget this, she always used to come in to work dressed in like these completely adorable running t-shirts that were like Disney running t-shirts and race t-shirts. And I was always like, oh man, like your sport outfits are always so cute. I wish that I had that shirt. And she was like, she would just be honest. She'd be like, well, if you want the shirt, you have to run the race. And I would, you know, this one day I just like laughed at her. I was like, I don't, I can't run. And she kind of looked at me funny and she was like, what do you mean you can't run? Because like I used to work out and I'd ride my bike and and I'd do all this stuff. Like there was clearly nothing wrong with me. And so she, she was baffled and she was like, of course you can run. And I was like, oh no, I can't run. I can't even run a mile. And she said, well, why don't you just like run until you can't and then walk until you can. And it was like this light bulb going on. I was like, what is this walking thing that you speak of? I did not know that walking was involved in running. And she just sort of laughed at me and was like, oh, you have so much to learn. But anyway, so I was inspired by her. And one day I laced up my shoes, which were horrendously old and clunky and horrible, and put on a pair of shorts that I would never now wear running because they were just terrible for chafing, especially in the Florida heat. But I went running and I ran for about 30 seconds. And then I almost died and I had to walk for like five minutes. And then I was able to run for like 20 seconds. And then I had to walk for like 10 minutes. And I made myself do this all the way around the block for two miles, huffing and puffing and doing lots and lots of walking. And then the next day I got out and I did it again. And then the next day I got out and I did it again. And this went on for like two or three weeks. And then one day I went outside to do my two miles and I started to run. And all of a sudden I like just didn't have to stop and walk. 
And it's not like I was super fast or anything. I remember I was 27 at the time, so age was in my favor at that point. And like my average moving pace was somewhere between 10 minute miles and 11 minute miles. So like average, that's about middle of the pack um, kind of pace. But I remember being totally amazed that I could run two whole miles without stopping. I did a, a race at Disney and I got my fancy t-shirt and it didn't it didn't look the same on me as it did on my friend Sarah Lee, who is a tall, like Amazon tall, curvy, gorgeous, blonde British bombshell. But I felt like as much of a diva, like I felt that good wearing that t-shirt for the 5K that I ran or 10K, I think it was. And it was a 10K. And like, I was like, yeah, I did this thing and I am awesome. And uh, I wore that t-shirt till I wore holes in it. And I am so incredibly proud of it. And it made me feel like a million bucks when I wore it and not care that I that it didn't look like my friend. Um, I looked like me and I am awesome. So I ran that race. And then I remember too, somewhere in the middle of getting ready for that race, I went on a trip. I went to Wales on a trip with my mom and I climbed a mountain while I was there on foot. I hiked all the way up to the top of Kader Idris. And I remember thinking like, thank God I've been running. I never would have been able to handle this if I hadn't been running. And I you know, went horseback riding while I was there, did all of these things. We walked a ton. And I remember being just so grateful that, for how fit I was running my two mile loops around my neighborhood. Uh, but after that race, I kind of dropped off the running bandwagon and I got out of the habit because like every new habit, it's hard to maintain. So I don't think I like ran again for five months. And then I signed up for that same 10K again. It was a Disney race for the taste. They don't do it anymore, but it was such a good race. And I ran it again. And then I kind of dropped off the running bandwagon and didn't run it again. That was 2008. Like didn't run too much again. And then five months later went by and it was 2009. And my roommate at the time, fabulous Meredith, she wanted to run it with me. And so we started going out for runs together. And Meredith, Meredith, I, she's always been my like begrudging partner in crime. Anytime I wanted to do some harebrained scheme, I would always drag her along and she would complain about it. But then ultimately she was the one having more fun, I think, than me most of the time. So we would, we formed a team. It was called the two best roommates that anyone could have. And we signed up for a bunch of 5Ks and a bunch of Disney adventure races. And we signed up for that 10K. And then we signed up for the 15K. And suddenly I was sticking with this running thing because I had my friend with me. And it was like this aha moment that running could be social and other people could run with you. And then you could like talk to them while you're running. And as you can tell from this podcast... I love talking. And so the opportunity to both socialize and talk, I mean, and run at the same time, this this was like a key factor for me in sticking with this whole running thing. And so after running with Meredith and doing all these races, I decided to sign up for, um, I was prodded and prompted by another roommate of mine to run a marathon with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And as a matter of fact, so she had, she told me that we were going to run a marathon and I was like, no, no, no. Um, 
I will not be running any marathons. Everybody that I know who runs tells you, like, says you have to run half marathon before you can run a full marathon. I've never even run a half, blah, blah, blah. Like, excuse, excuse, excuse. Because I was like, listen, roommate, you don't understand. Running six miles is terrible. Running 26 miles sounds like death, and I will not do it. And she's like, whatever, you run more than I do, and I'm doing the marathon, so you better show up. So I go to this info session for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and my first coach, uh, Coach Rich, I like, remember walking up to the table and being like, so I've heard this thing that if you can't run a half marathon, you shouldn't be running a full marathon. And he looks at me and goes, well, how many miles do you run right now? And I was like, oh, I just did a 15K. He goes, ah, you can run a marathon. And I was like, really? He was like, yeah, Totally. Then they show us this video and I see all of these moms and their kids and older women and and people who look really out of shape and they're all finishing marathons. And I was like, well, like if that 80-year-old can run a marathon, I definitely can run a marathon. And so they totally talked me into it. I signed up for team and training and I ran the San Diego Marathon the year that I turned 30. My big fundraiser was on my 30th birthday and I had the most fun. And it was like it added this whole other element to running that I just never understood, which is running for a cause greater than yourself. I had discovered the social aspect of it and then adding a running team was just gravy because then it was like I had a hundred new friends instead of you know, just two friends that I would run with. I just, I always had running buddies, but to be there on race day, to see all the people with signs saying, thank you for running for me and people, you know, who are obviously cancer patients, people I was never, ever going to see or meet again or know the rest of their story, to know what the money that we raised was doing. It just, it carried me through. And thank God, because I like, at like mile... 16 of that race, I was definitely having like major buyer's remorse. I was like, what am I doing out here? I hate running. Why am I running a marathon? What was I ever thinking that I could run a marathon? Running is awful. I hate running. I'm bad at running. You know, I was going through all of these emotions and like I had to slug it out through mile 16 and mile 23. And then I remember coming in on mile 24 and all of a sudden I could hear the finish line, even though it was still two miles away, I could like hear them announcing it. And all of a sudden I got this ridiculous grin on my face and I just started picking up the pacing. I've been running like 16 minute miles. Basically I was like walking. I was pretty much walking and (laughs) I'd gone out way too fast that day. I was too excited. I ran way too fast at the beginning which is total rookie mistake, but I like just start running back to my 10 minute miles. I finish up, you know, I, I come right through this, the shoot at mile 26. I still have 0.2 left to go. And there's like all these people with signs, this purple ocean of leukemia and lymphoma society, people cheering, like team and training, like go team, you're my hero. And I'm like trying not to cry, breathing through my mouth. I'm like ugly breathing and just charging ahead. And I come across the finish line. I threw my hands up in the air and then I immediately, buckled over and I just started 
bawling. I was bawling with relief and I was bawling with pride and I was bawling with pain and I was bawling with joy and I was bawling with love and and excitement. It was like every emotion that you could feel, I felt in that moment. And people were like rushing up to me. They're like, oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, yes, I can't believe I did this. And I, like my picture at the finish line, not across, coming across the finish line, like across the finish line, I have an amazing picture. But the, they make you stand in front of these stupid posters that hold up your medal and you get like a cheesy picture that nobody ever looks good in. And you could tell that I was ugly crying in this photo, which of course I bought it because amazing, right? And I was hooked, man. I was so hooked and I was so grateful that I had already signed up for my next marathon before I had even run this first one because I probably would have been terrified to sign up for another one because that pain memory of what it was like to finish the race would have still been with me. But I finished not only that first one and the next one six months later and the next one six months later, many marathons later, I'm still running long distances. But I also, um, at that point, I was already a certified personal trainer. And so moving into coaching and coaching for runners was a really great way for me to stay involved with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So I got certified as a coach and I have coached back-to-back teams every year um, since then. And it's been one of the things I've been most proud of in my life. And it's an incredible organization. So uh, go team. Um, But anyway, the gifts that running has given me and the lessons that it's taught me just fold in so completely with the things that make me feel like a diva. And I want to say up front that I started out um, in the pilot episode talking a little bit about my non-weight loss journey. And becoming a runner was no different. I literally started running marathons and never lost any weight. Uh, As a matter of fact, I went through some pretty crazy uh, experiences where I gained weight while training for marathons just through overtraining and my hyperparathyroid disease and all these other things that were going on in my body. And it was just craziness. So running for me was never about looking a particular way. Running for me is about feeling a particular way. Believe me, there are plenty of days when running still sucks and it's super hard. Even now, there are three-mile runs that I go on or two-mile runs. I went on a run two weeks ago and it was the first day of my period and I was running like 12-minute miles and I thought I was going to die the entire time and I hated every minute and I couldn't wait to get back home and to my couch. But even though I couldn't wait for the run to be over... And to be sitting back on my couch, and it was a struggle to even get out the door in the first place and not just stay on my couch. When I was done, I didn't feel like, gee, I wish I had stayed home. Like, I never feel like I wish I had stayed home. And there are a lot of mornings when I had to drag myself out of bed and I was still sore from you know, long runs earlier that week, or I was tired from working a lot, or, you know, who knows what other excuse um, that I had was feeling in the moment. But like, when you crack your eyes open, and you know, it's not even dawn yet, and it's already 90 degrees outside in Florida, and you have to get your feet out of bed, put them into running shoes, walk out the door and make yourself go on a 20 mile run with your team. It's hard to do that. 
But I used to set reminders. I would put the names of like cancer patients in my phone on the alarm label. And so when I'd wake up, it would be like, do it for Sharon, do it for John, do it for, you know, your Uncle Tom, do it for Henry, do it for, you know, and I would I'd look at those names and I'd drag my ass out of bed and I'd make myself go. And that skill, not only does it make me feel like a diva because I'm like master of my own internal governor, but like... It makes me a better doer in the world in general because through running every day, I have to practice getting up and doing something that's hard, that's a task, that doesn't always feel good, that a lot of times feels terrible, that every once in a while feels like good and in flow, but for the most part is horrible. Um, like that's not true. There are plenty of days that are great. And especially the days when I'm running with friends are really, really great, but it's hard work. Um, but every day I made myself do it. And then doing things like writing a blog or like a guest article or building a website or getting tasks done at work or making a really hard phone call or writing my book or putting myself out there. Those things didn't seem as scary because I had so much practice doing hard things every day through running that I was able to apply that mental lesson and that mental control in other things because there's just so much practice. And running brought me a community of people and especially running coaching runners brought me a community of people that for as much as I'm a diva, it put me, it forced me into situations that weren't about me, that were about supporting other people, of high-fiving other people, of believing in other people, of seeing them perform feats that were way more impressive than anything I had ever done in my life. Like if anyone thinks that I'm a badass, let me tell you about my friend Robin. My friend Robin showed up to team and training practice day one for her first half marathon. She has... um, and she talks about this pretty openly, but she has a, uh, something called vestibular neuritis, which in summary, basically, it's like she's dizzy, like has vertigo all the time. And on the day that I met Robin, she could barely stand up straight on her own. She had been walking with a cane. She shows up with her son, who was 17, turning 18 that year, who was also going to run. And does her first mile in, I think, like 22 minutes. And I'm thinking in my head, oh my God, how are we going to get this person across the finish line of the Disney half marathon? Because even though Disney is the place that dreams come true, Disney running is the place where dreams get swept on the sweep bus. If you can't keep up the 16 minute mile, they are one of the most strict sweeper races that I have ever, ever participated in. Um, But there's Robin, and who am I to say you can't? Because obviously she was there, and she meant business, and that this woman put down her cane on day one of training and, like, didn't pick it up again. Not only did she cross the finish line at the Disney Half Marathon, she, like, led the charge of our walk runners. She went on the next year to complete the full marathon and then the next year to complete the Dopey Challenge and has done so many races since then and has become so strong and such an incredible runner and that is only matched and exceeded by the person that she is. That Like, who am I to be like bragging about anything with running when I've got that as an example of a person that I was just 
grateful to be there and witness and stand alongside her when she was first starting out on this journey. It was such a privilege and a gift to be a part of of this incredible triumphant moment for her. And so running gave me the ability to support, high five, and be proud of others and not worry if their accomplishments exceeded my own um, because it wasn't a contest and it wasn't about that. And it was about all of us like putting our heads together and having different perspectives, bringing in other coaches because we never knew like who was going to resonate with which coach. And some of my best, my best team that I ever coached was this team that had there were three of us coaching and we were all so different and we had the most fun. Our team had the best, most incredible bond that still exists many years later. And, um, I'll never like, I'll never forget those moments. They never, they never leave you. And I think that running has just taught me uh, like a bold and brave sense of myself. It's given me this bold, brave sense of myself that I never thought. Running The running community has brought me some of the most incredible people. I feel like everything from my book to my TEDx talk to this Reebok Ragnar you know, uh, documentary that I got to be in to just the friends that I interact with every day who love me unconditionally and, and lift me up and make me feel good. My best friends in the whole wide world came to me through running. All of this came to me through running. And so when I look at this this thing that I do every day that that makes my body feel good when it's over, and <laughs> that makes me feel strong and like I can accomplish anything from climbing mountains to skiing to you know swimming across a lake um, to swimming in the you know swimming across I won't, I won't say across an ocean but I will get in the ocean and I will swim with the sharks. Not only do I feel like I can accomplish physical feats, but I can accomplish emotional feats because of running. I don't think that we all need to be runners in order to find these moments and to find these strengths. And I don't think we need to be runners to discover what this kind of accomplishment feels like. I think there's actually millions of healthy ways to test what we're made of, to be of stronger stuff in areas that that make you feel like a total diva. For me, it was running, which was a real surprise. Um, but maybe it's for you, it's just sitting down at, at the computer to work on a book or a story that, that you have in your head. Um, maybe it's just the practice of starting writing every day, of forcing yourself to sit there and do it that gives you that sense of accomplishment. And when it's done, it's just, oh man, I'm, you know, that was hard to make myself sit there, but I am so glad it's done. Maybe it's things like putting yourself out there in the dating world or quitting your job to start a business. Or if you're anything like me, it's hanging in there for just one more month um, while you're making that business work. You know, I'm always like, we're like, just hang in there, hang in there as a startup. It's amazing. Uh, maybe it's going to Zumba um, every week or signing up for ice skating lessons and or walking into the boxing gym. Or maybe it's just going for a walk around your neighborhood. I, I don't know what it is for you, but whatever it is, remember that as much as you love that allure of the couch, the couch will always be there when you get back. And that feeling of satisfaction and the control over your internal governor who makes the decisions about what you will do or will you or what you will not accomplish on any given day, like ha- like practicing that mastery. It's just an incredible way to celebrate your inner diva. Like in that hands up, I did it bitches. Like that kind of celebration, like so good, so good. I know you can do it. So find your thing. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. If you loved this episode, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. If you're loving it a lot, definitely leave me a five-star rating. Uh, Cheesy comments are welcome. Recommend me to your friends. Um, As always, I'd love to hear about topics that you're interested in. So find me on Twitter at LJ Ingalls or hit me up on laurajingles.com. There are more podcast episodes there. My link to my book is on there. And uh, until next time, viva la diva. (laughs) 